Okay, well, we're here with Ryan. Ryan, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. For sure. Definitely, my, my start in starting sports was uh, derived from playing sports as a young kid. Everything, I tried to do every sport when I was young, you know, growing up, I, I loved to play basketball, football, volleyball, you name it. Everything that was in school, I had to try. Um, so when university came around, it was time to be a little more, more serious with the sport and have to kind of select what I wanted. And uh, one of the biggest sports of my life was curling at the time. I curled for 10 years at the time, and I thought, you know, in university, this is one I would be competitive about and, you know, train hard for. Naturally, when you're training hard for a sport, you're in the gym, bettering yourself physically. So, you know, you see powerlifters, strong men, and everything like that. But I really didn't take strength sports seriously until basically my intro into grip sport. And how I got into grip sport was I saw a guy on Instagram trying to close a number three. And so I ordered one. I thought, this can't be that tough. You know, number three, I can probably close it. I got decent grip. And I, I even set up the video and everything. I was like, oh, I'm going to put a card, close this first try. I'm going to get this certification. And yeah, it was not that easy. <laughs> no, not that easy. So, but it definitely, I'm like, oh, wow, I got a train. This is a lot tougher than I thought. So, uh, ordered a few more grippers, started training with them, a little more serious. And you know, as I looked up, you know, how to train grippers, didn't really know anything about it. Came across some people like Jed Johnson, Paul Knight, you know, those classic guys. And it really interested me what they were doing too, because they weren't just doing grippers, they were doing thick bar pinch, stuff like that. And and stuff I've never really heard about. So, you know, soon enough, just like I think any anybody in grip, you're ordering four or five more implements and you're kind of getting into it. So, you know, I ordered Rolling Thunder, some other Iron Mind products at the time. And, and you know, just kind of started training loosely, wasn't too, too serious about it until um, really the fall of 2021 when it was almost King Kong time and luckily uh my local gym hosts uh at King Kong venue so I saw their advertisement I saw wow a group competition in my community that's awesome so I had to try it out uh, I was a little nerve-wracking at first because I didn't know how it was going to fare up and especially because it was held at a strongman gym at Metal Fitness and a strongman powerlifting gym so when I walked in I was tiny I was not the biggest guy in the room and it was a little intimidating at first, but as soon as I hit the platform and as soon as I, you know, was trying my first lift, I heard encouragement from anyone, from everyone. It was just, and it was really community at that point. Like I didn't even need to do much. It was just, wow, I was just embraced by everyone there. So it was amazing. And it's really the people that made me come back, um, finish the competition and, yeah, I didn't do great. I did okay and stuff like that. But it didn't matter. It was I was hooked at that point, and I knew I had to compete more and really start training seriously. So that was my introduction to strength sports. And as you watch more strength sports, you want to do more of it. So uh, I'm maybe going to try to transition into powerlifting now. And it's it's addictive. It's quite addictive stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So is that the uh, how many grip contests have you done now? To date, I've only done four. I've done uh, okay. King Kong past year, King Kong 2021. We had our Canadian Nationals. 
in early 2022 and again my community which was amazing and just a local one at a local gym with 15 people so not a few not a lot uh, i've done uh 15 is actually pretty good size for a grip contest yeah yeah it's, it's interesting because we aren't for king kong are usually in like the mid high 20s that's pretty, we get a lot of people out. Awesome. So, oh yeah, it's great to see. Um, and then another competition I've done online, uh, which was with uh, Nick Sanders. It was the Skill of Hands competition. And that was a great one too. That was just fun to do by myself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nick's awesome. Oh yeah, he's a great guy. Runs a great competition. So um, what motivates you to compete in grip sport, man? I think what motivates me to compete in grip sport is to better myself. It's after being in team sports for so long, it's, it's such a team building thing and making a transition to an individual sport. It's, it's yourself who pushes you. It's yourself who sees the results. So when you compete, it's, it's basically showing off the hard work you've done in the past training period. So I, I kind of compete to better myself and show that I put in all this hard work to achieve a result that resulted better me. And it's 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 hard when you don't get the numbers you want to, but you can kind of learn from it. You can learn, okay, what do I need to do differently? What happened at this competition that I didn't succeed this? And you still learn. So it's a lot about learning and trying to be your best self in my eyes. Also, it's just a lot of fun. The community is great. The people are there are amazing. It's such a great atmosphere. And it keeps you wanting to come back. It, it wouldn't be as much fun if everyone was quiet and didn't really talk to you and you were just by yourself. But everyone is great. And it's a great time. Yeah, I found that the same in grip sport is everybody's more willing to help each other and encourage each other than in any other competition that I've ever done, honestly. Oh, yeah. I find that even online, too, is I created, you know, wasn't really into fitness accounts or, uh, you know, posting workouts. But um, after I decided, I saw a bunch of people doing it. So I said, I got to get on Instagram and create my own account. And next thing I know, people follow me from all over the world, from Greece, Russia, Ukraine, uh, Chile. Like, I don't even, I've seen these names, like on the grip board or um just on competitions and stuff and now they're following me and you know they're saying oh great job good stuff and people messaging me every once in a while it's yeah it's a really great community all over the world oh yeah absolutely the instagram grip community is pretty dang fantastic as well as the grip board i agree oh so uh, it's amazing yeah so what's your uh, greatest athletic achievement uh so far My greatest athletic achievement, I would like to say probably placing second at my local King Kong venue. There was, we had a few guys who weren't able to show up, big guys like uh, Tom Bryson. Uh, he wasn't able to show up and another guy named Mike Schimmel. He's new on the scene, but a lot of respect to those guys. They're, they're really strong. Um, but we had the likes of Brad Provick, um, Scott Piersack, 
and James Jeffers. And James is one of the top grip athletes in Canada. And, you know, he wasn't having it was a lot of people that day. There was about 28 people. And we had a lot of challenges with the, the flask and the um, grab ball. A lot of people were using up the full 60 seconds and grabbing implement lots. And there's a lot of new people. So they didn't really know how much chalk to use. So it was too much or just none at time. So um, they really touched the implement and really got slippery. And everyone had to adjust. It was no longer, okay, we're going for personal best. It's, we got to get a lift in kind of deal. So people were really struggling. And I, I like to say I made a really good adjustment to that because yeah, those, those became really greasy and we, no one got the numbers they wanted that day. So for me to come out second, uh, beating out James Jeffers was just huge. And again, all respect to him because he's a great athlete, but it wasn't his day. And, you know, he really struggled on adjusting to those, the different field uh, implements. And, um, and I won my weight class that day too, which was uh, probably my biggest accomplishment right now in sport. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, good job on that. Uh, the flask can be very tricky with regard to its texture. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. Yeah, and like I said, it, it's hard with young or new people in the sport because they don't really understand how much that chalk base and how much it all contributes to the lift. So when guys think, oh, I need chalk and just lather it on and then cut everything so much and then or you have the opposite you have people with just barely any and think oh this is pretty good and they just basically take it off it's it's, it's a little frustrating but it's also a learning moment where we can be like okay this isn't great it's not helping you it's not helping us um in the future we're thinking about even running kind of like a, a pro and amateur section too is that we do have a lot of people who come out. So why not break it up? Because the days are long for us. Our King Kong sometimes runs for seven, eight hours. And that's a long day. So we're hoping to break it up and maybe have like four hour days instead and be able to go through a lot quicker. Well, yeah, that can be a very long contest. Yeah, you know, we usually have probably like 15 people and it takes about four or five hours. Oh, well, maybe yeah, I hit four hours. And that's a lot easier on your body and you don't need the constant energy and constant food intake. It's yeah. I was just trying to consume and like the last lift, it was like a little bake one. It's one of my favorite lifts. I was just, I think it's five, it's five lifts this year for Kong. I believe. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think it's five. So yeah, that's like even going to take a little bit more. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, everyone's popping like five hour energies at the end of the day just to get through it. So, um, so far, what's been your greatest blunder or injury? Uh, it's ironic you bring that up because I'm actually in Cambodia right now. I've been living here for the past uh, three and a half months. And the one thing I knew Cambodia was hot, but you don't really appreciate how hot one of these southeastern Asian countries is until you live here and it's you know right now it's like 35 degrees it's supposed to be like 38 degrees today that's like every day and I, I come from a cold northern climate so it was minus 15 when I got on the plane and you get off and it's plus 33 
and everything's different. The food's all different. It's not no longer Western food. It's a lot of rice, smaller portions, uh, different food that you're not really used to eating. So you don't want to eat a ton at the beginning and water. The water intake was not nearly enough for me. It was, I was drinking maybe two and a half liters. And anyway, so I, I go to the gym and the gym's outside, partially outside. And I tell you, again, where it's 35 degrees. It's in the inside of the gym, it's even hotter with all the people. And there's no AC in the gym that I went to. So it's, it's really, really hot. Uh, so I was kind of setting myself up for an injury and I was just doing some grip stuff and I was warming up and then I started doing some rows with the, some knee health and I felt like things weren't right and so I kind of set it down and I'll take a break from for a bit. I go on a, a long walk, a bunch of walk and I go on a tour the week after and I'm kind of taking a break from grip and I feel great that day I feel really great but I've walked a lot it was the hottest day yet it was 36 degrees and I felt great so I'll go to the gym after this day of walking and I'm warming up with the deadlifts again and I do one rep and I'm like this isn't right something's wrong in the lower back this is no good so set that down Take a break from that again. A little while later, I'm like, you know, I'll go to grippers. I'm running out of things to do. Can't do much in the gym now. Try a gripper. Set the gripper. And so, oh, you cut out there for a second. I posted it on my Instagram. Hold on. You cut out for a second there. So you uh, go back to where you said you set the gripper. Set the gripper, just warming it up, close it. And immediately I felt something pull my ring finger. Things weren't right. Set that one down too. I'm like, I'm doing way too much. So I go to Instagram, I kind of post. I, I try to record most of my workouts now just to review them, yep. see how I'm doing and post them if I so choose. So I posted the ones where things went wrong. And I said, ah, you know, things went wrong. I take any suggestions to kind of get back on my feet and there's a, that community really comes in play. I, I reached out and got tons of feedback back. Everyone, people I didn't even know, uh, they were hitting me in my messages saying, hey, like, sorry to hear this, try this out, this worked for me really well. Um, I tried this or just even encouraged, like, sorry to see you're down, hope you get back to it soon. So um, the response they got were kind of, uh, not really kind of mocking me, but like you're in Cambodia now. Like, how much water are you drinking? Like, what's going on? Like, are things different? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're way different. And then why have you adapted kind of deal? And it was, yeah, I couldn't be drinking two and a half liters of water when I'm sweating out three liters of water a day. So, just the basics. Um, yeah, I got three injuries within a month living in Cambodia. But I like to say now that I can consume six liters of water a day, my diet's a little bit better. But all my injuries have pretty much, I say about 98% healed my, my uh, forearms a little bit tight and back at times and, you know, stretch things out or have enough water. But that was probably my biggest injury blunder. Just three injuries in a row. It was just brutal. How long have you lived in Cambodia now? About three and a half months. I, I came here for an internship at the end of January and uh, we're just finishing up now. So I'll do some personal travel and, uh, 
we'll be back to Canada. Back in Canada. So uh, where do you live in Canada? I live in the great province of Saskatchewan, uh, in the capital of Regina. Okay. So, yeah, that's quite a bit of a, a difference in temperature there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, it's, it was nice, though, because it was when I got here, it wasn't as hot as it was, but it was still 33 degrees, which is as hot as it gets in the summer where I'm from. So I'm, yeah. I'm dying. I'm just sweating. And then now it's transitioned to the hottest part of the year here, and it's 38, 39, 40 degrees. So thankfully, I'm a little more used to it, but it's still very hot. So moral of the story is drink more water. <laughs> yeah, don't expect to have like a, a winter where it's like, you know, if you can have two liters and get away with it here, yeah, I drink a ton of water now. So um, in your grip training, uh, have you stumbled upon anything that's like abnormal or out of the ordinary that's uh, helped out your performance quite a bit? I think so. I, I trained with uh, Jed Johnson for a little bit as a coach um, before mm-hmm. I came to Cambodia. Unfortunately, I knew my training would be the same. So uh, we had to part ways for the time being. And initially when I went into grips where I thought kind of train it almost like bench press, like uh, lots of volume and uh, like changing up the rep scheme lots. I do that lots. And I found some success. And with Jed, like, he was really focused on like low reps, high intensity. So we're doing, you know, three to one rep kind of deal. And I, I never thought that was like, I would never really do that with bench press too often. And, you know, maybe three, two, but never really super, super heavy singles. You never going for that uh, 10 of intensity. So um, that's, that's the, been the biggest eye opener for me is that, you know, that's where you're working these high numbers. You're you're working with these higher weights all the time, and nothing too too light unless you're doing kind of a deload kind of deal, or you're doing holds or something. But um, that's been the biggest eye opener, and something I try and work on. And because sometimes it, it's hard when you're having an off day and you're you're trying to lift your programs, and it's it's really heavy, so it can be a little bit mentally frustrating. But you just got to work fast and you know realize the next workout's going to be better. Yeah, it's interesting when you get into grip. Some people, I mean, the training methods that work for people can be wildly different. You'll see some people do tons of volume and are at it every day. And some people do really high intensity and only work out maybe once or twice a week with their grip program. It's really interesting how different people's training programs and approaches can be. And many of them still, you know, at the top level have wildly different approaches to the grip training. Yeah, that's so true. I you see so many people doing so many different things and it's often hard, but like I can kind of work with Jed, like that was working really well for us. And so it really helped working with him and kind of working with the trainer because I didn't really know much a lot of the time. And I still think I'm a student of the sport. I, I'm still learning all the time from others and, you know, even Jed and stuff. So um, it's always good to try new things, but yeah, that was working really well for me. And, but it's unbelievable. Yeah, you see some people working it every day and like, wow, I work this every day. I want to be able to pick up my laptop or tape even. So yeah. it's that. Yeah, it's crazy what people do. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, that's some serious conditioning to be able to do that stuff every day. Yeah. So um, how much progress have you made on that number three? <laughs> um, 
when I was the height of my grippers, I could close it. I could maybe get, um, they were just probably five millimeter sets. Um, maybe the best I got was like one 10 millimeter set. And then I kind of, it, it was cool. It was great to, like, to finally close the number three. I did it. Um, and like, I was looking forward to a credit card close, but uh, there were some competitions. There was the nationals that were coming up at the time. So I decided to kind of set the grippers aside for a bit and focus a little more on actually my, my, my biggest, uh, my biggest challenge in grip sport, in my opinion, is the thick bar. And so I was working that crusher like crazy. I was just trying to get those numbers up. So that was, and it's still my biggest focus um, right now. So I set the number three on the back burner for a little bit. I, I try and check in every once in a while and, um, it, it's a really rough pose right now. I won't even say it's, uh, need a little bit more work to get it back to where it was but it's still it's still something i think about from time to time that if maybe i should focus on maybe getting that certification once and for all and kind of finishing what i started yeah it's a pretty dang tough gripper for sure i've been chasing the mash monster for quite a while yeah and then yeah you see some, like rivers is its own world in itself what I, you know, I heard about Iron Mind and stuff like that. And so I, I only saw their grippers for a long time. And then I figured out about, about the RGC ratings. And I saw all the different brands of grippers and all these different certifications and, you know, Match Monsters and the GHPs. I'm like, whoa, this is overwhelming. There's a lot here. Um, so, like, all respect to the gripper guys that are working on those and, like, the Match Monster guys. Like, those are, those are crazy tough. So... Uh, good for you guys. Yeah. Um, there are some monstrous uh, gripper closers out there. It's, it's pretty fun to watch them. I'm, uh, I watch Yvonne Shook quite a bit. His gripper closes. He's pretty monstrous at it. Um, and Carl, I don't know if you saw him close the GHP 10 rated at 256. That man, that is like just absolutely mind-boggling i mean you follow the grip board i'm sure you followed the the closes that are out there that is just out of this world yeah i, I saw that and i had to reload the video and make sure it was right because that was i never thought i'd see something like that it was ridiculous. yeah the first, i mean when i first time when he closed it i figured oh, it was probably the one of the lowest rated ones out there maybe like a 240 he comes back as a 256 and he closes it again i'm just it's nuts so um, you said the the fat bar is your current major athletic goal. Yeah, um, kind of. If you hadn't said great grip goals while I've been here, my my goal's been kind of loosey goosey, have fun with it, and once I get back to Canada, start taking things seriously again. And it's hard because part of my internship, we go out into rural Cambodia, and there is no gyms there. There's nothing there, so yeah. you'd really have to adapt. So it kind of became, I brought three grippers with me. So I, I bring some grippers if I had time, if I wasn't working. Um, and then when I get back to the city, then I would go to the gym. And again, it was inconsistent. Because I knew I couldn't pull them. So my, my, my concern was have fun with grips still. Um, enjoy myself, enjoy the sport still. Um, I find if you do train for a long, long time, and sometimes if you're hitting a plateau, the sport can get, it can wear down on you. It can wear down on you mentally, physically. So um, I just want to have fun, keep it going. Uh, my biggest thing I'm looking forward to now is the Super Series. 
and King Kong. Um, we've got some local guys hosting the Super Series again, and we're trying to get arm lifting a bit bigger in Canada. So I'd like to get ready for those and uh, just put out some good results. You know, nothing, you know, mind-boggling or anything like that. It's just trying to get back in the back in the swing of things and get into the routine of competing and training again. So, but yes, the fat bars, like the fat grips deadlift is killer. I, that's probably my least favorite event, but the event I want to train the most because it's, I, I find success with like the axle and it's, it's not bad. It's it's an okay event for me, but fat grips, I just struggle with so much. I find it's a huge difference and uh, it's, yeah, it's brutal. And same with the left, like my left hand really struggles with the, the, the far it gets a little right behind right now. So I'm doing a lot to catch it up and it's, it's, oh, it's just a grind to get that one up. And it's probably my, one of my worst events. I'd like to say, I'd hate to say actually, because it, it's, I should be getting it higher and it's often when that guys can put up some big numbers on. So I got to work on it, but yeah, it's a love hate relationship right now. Yeah, I mean it's a whole different texture, and I mean it's a fatter grip, and it's just it's a, yeah, the fat grips are a whole world in themselves, in themselves really, but uh, yeah, they're definitely a good challenge. I like them. So, um, what's your current goal on the axle? What are you trying to hit? Before it was four hundred. Um, I got three sixty five in competition. Um, so naturally just looking for a nice, even 400 kind of, it's, it's a nice number. It looks good. Now it would probably be, my axle is probably about three, 340. I, I imagine if I were to pull on it. So probably the current goal is to get back to that 365. And after that, it'll probably be by the end of the year, I think I'd like to set some sort of personal best in it. So I'll take anything at that point. So I was looking for maybe. Uh, 370 by the end of the year. I think that was a, a good goal attainable goal for himself. So. Yeah, 400 is a great number on the axle, man. No, oh, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, I find once you kind of pull 400, it's, it's kind of a, you get up there with a lot of better guys and stuff like that, and especially for my weight class. Well, I was, I think about my weight class, I was 105 kilos and I was barely cutting it actually um, way back. And just due to the climate and my diet and everything here, I am now close to 90 kilos. So I'm definitely in the 93 kilo class now. And uh, for arm lifting, I'm trying to lose that. I got 91 kilos right now. So I'm trying to lose that last kilo just to compete in the 90 kilo. Yeah, the 90 kilo class, you do extremely well with numbers like that. Yeah, exactly. So if I were to be able to keep those numbers, <laughs> I feel like I'd be very successful in that weight class. Okay, so um, if you could start your training all over again with the knowledge you have now, what would you do different and why? That's a great question. I would, I would probably train smarter at the beginning and probably look at the coach at the beginning. I found a lot of success with Jed, um, but also just, just in general of tracking my training, being way more diligent about it was just huge for me just to understand what I'm doing, what I'm feeling. And if I have a bump in my training, I can usually figure it out like, okay, I, I didn't hit these numbers. Say so why? 
well, let's go back. What was my day? How was my water intake? How was my food? Did I sleep well? Was there a lot of stress? Like, like was the humidity different? Was it really humid in the place where I work out today? Was it something different with my chalk? So um, when you track those things and you become more serious about it, you can easily go back and kind of figure out, okay, where am I going? How did this happen? And you can answer those questions more easily. Because I found at the beginning, you have a great day. You know, you pull 180 on the uh, rolling thunder. It's great pull. The next day, you can barely lift 160. It's like, and that's a, a great example because it's not, in my opinion, the best far out there. It's very inconsistent. But also, there was so much inconsistency with my training at the time. So I I didn't know why I couldn't answer those questions. And I didn't really, I didn't take tracking the numbers and everything else seriously enough. So I'd probably go back and get more serious about it, track things and yeah, maybe work with the coach sooner. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, I didn't, I had, I've made a lot more progress with my grippers working with a coach than I did myself for many years. Um, and it definitely took changing things up and looking at it from a different perspective for sure. Oh yeah. And I think a lot of people think it is hard because it is a financial commitment. Like you are, you're putting yourself out there. You're, I mean, it's, it's an unsure investment. Like you, you're never guaranteed results, but I found again, this is my personal story that the investment was worth it. Like I, I got so much out of it. I learned so much and they become a better athlete with it. So it is definitely worth it. I think others should consider it too. Yeah, for sure. I agree hundred percent. So um, what's the most important piece of equipment in your home gym and why? My home gym has kind of grown over the past few years, uh, right before COVID. Actually, it was right before the prices skyrocketed, so I was really fortunate. I got a barbell and 350 pounds worth of plates. So that was perfect. And COVID hit, brought into grip. And so I ordered the pin and I got the, the stuff and I already had the weight, so it was great. Um, most important piece of my home gym That, that's a tough one. I'd say probably the most important piece just for training wise is probably my, my kingpin just to load up the weights and, and train grip. And probably my, I'll give you my favorite though too. My favorite to train and my favorite piece of equipment is probably the, I really like the napalm nightmare, the, mm -hmm. the block, the, the three by four. Oh, it's a lot of fun. I love that one a lot. And this, the apparatus itself, the napalm's nightmare, it's, it's great just to switch in and out. So I think that's probably my favorite. Yeah, it's fun to get on equipment where you can get some really big numbers on a grip equipment. Like uh, when you use the two-inch napalms, you can get some some big lifts, and that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And I find with the flask, like, it's a little bit inconsistent sometimes. It's and It kind of cuts in your hand, but with, like, the, the, the two-inch blocks, Oh, I feel like I get great numbers on that. It feels great. It's a good lift. And yeah, when you get those bigger numbers, you feel massive. Yeah, some of the grip equipment like the flask, and there's a few other ones out there. They're, uh, I think they're meant to toughen you up a little bit. I feel <laughs> like they're just extra hard just for that, just to be difficult, just to, just to give you something that's going to be a pain in the neck at the contest. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so, um, what advice do you have for the average person that's just trying to get fit and healthy? I think the best advice I can give to anyone who's trying to become fit and healthy is be kind of like my previous advice to grip is think it out, plan it out. And I don't say be serious, but be smart about it. Be smart about what you want to do and have purpose to what you're doing. So if, if you're trying to become fit and healthy, and you know you want to change your diet or you want to change how much you exercise you know don't just think i want to go into the gym for three hours and it's going to fix everything you know think about it be smart about it and have purpose with it so if i want to go to the gym i'm, I'm going to you know work out for a time that's reasonable for me that i'm not going to overexert myself and that it's able to come back because at the end of the day you want to be able to have sustainability with your diet your workout over time so you see, I see a lot of people who will go into the gym, work out for three, four hours, think they're doing great, burn out, take two weeks off, three weeks off, and realize, oh, shoot, I should go to the gym again. They have that hate relationship because it's been, you know, they pull it for three, four hours and just kill themselves. No, don't kill yourself. Be smart about it. You know, work hard, but don't do it for a time that's unsustainable. Just go there and, and I, I think when starting out, especially, have fun with it. Go to the gym, have a little bit of fun for an hour or even less, and then come back. You want to have fun at the gym. You want to have a good relationship with it. And same with your diet. Be smart about it. Have purpose. Don't think, I'm going to go on this trash diet of, like, you know, keto, just eating greens, and, you know, basically nothing else. And then at the end of that diet, crash really hard, and then, you know, load up on all those unhealthy carbs and unhealthy fats. And that's not sustainable. So think, okay, I'm going to have cheat meal every once in a while, but I want to have foods that I like. I want to have chicken and rice. I want to have, you know, some sort of beef dish and, and make it fun for yourself and, and have purpose. I think you can get really mentally worn down by thinking about these things and having fun and just thinking that through is, is the most important thing. Yeah, hundred percent. That's uh, one of our big goals with the whole couch potato thing is to try to get people to have fun with working out. Yeah. And I really appreciate I've like I like to say that I tried like to try different workouts from time to time and and there's people in my life who are always saying, Oh, you should try this, try this. And I really appreciate the different programs that I see. We have something fitness. But I don't know if you guys have it in the States. Um it's like a, a 30 minute, 45 minute hit workout kind of thing, and they really they try and tailor it more to the individual. And so if you're unable to do this workout, if it's too tough for you, they'll say, knock it down. You know, there's someone there to say, take it easy. And it's in a group setting. I think that can be beneficial for a lot of people too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, yeah, very important to just have a good time with everything you do with working out. Just don't take it too serious. You know, that's what's good about group sport too, is nobody takes it super serious. I mean, obviously the top level people are going to be serious and on their game, but for the most part in training every and in most of the contests I've been to, everybody's just having a great time. Exactly. And you see the list, like everyone's posting like fun combo lists or like weird different challenges to get people involved. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's just having fun with it. Yeah, there's so many of the feats as well in grip that, that uh add a lot of fun to it. What uh feats have you accomplished or are you working on? 
Well, there's a few. Um, the feats I find are a little bit addictive, and you see them, and you're like, oh, I want to do it. I got to do it. Um, yeah. was, First time I hubbed to 45, I was hooked. <laughs> uh, I don't I have just like the regular York plates, and the hub is like really shallow. And like, I, I can probably do like the regular deep hub, but oh man, that is, I've tried that a few times. It's, it's tough. Um, the ones I've were really close on, I was really close on finishing the 245s together. I, in fact, would probably be able to do it now, I imagine. Um, That's a big I was one. To curl. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I was trying to curl a uh, like straight wrist, like the 45-pound plate up to your face, um, kind of like Adam Glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, no. I'm not a 25-kilo plate, definitely not yet. Um, <laughs> but I was getting close to that one. Um, that one's probably the one I'm working hardest on right now just because the availability of equipment I have here and there's always plates here you can curl so um that one's probably the one I'm working on most I would like to lift the inch dumbbell at some point I think you got to do it it's a big staple in grip um so you get access to one and I'd love to purchase one uh and train it myself and uh, yeah, I, I think those are pretty good ones for now. I don't want to get too, I could say a few more, but I'm like, ah, I, sh- I shouldn't, I shouldn't hook myself into them more. And no, I should focus on the super series and other things I'm working for. Cause yeah, you're right. You get really hooked into them. Yeah. You get too into them and you, you get hooked on them for sure. Have you done any um, steel bending? I did a little bit. I am trying to get into it a little bit more. I, when I saw Iron Mind, I saw they had, the red nail so again me being me i can bend that um <laughs> no i cannot, I cannot. So, um so i got their little package of nails or whatever so then uh you know i stepped to bending the blue and then getting some 60 pennies and um the biggest bend i ever got was like a grade five bolt uh six inch bolt um just from the hardware store and i'm like oh that's that's not bad so um then i kind of set it down it was my focus but we just looked a little bit more into the community. We have uh, Bensport Canada and uh, Josh from Bensport Canada, great guy. Um, I see his stuff all the time. He's a great uh, guy on Instagram. So I was like, maybe I'll give it another try. And I got some stuff from Bensport Canada. So I'd like to get into it a little more when I get back and be more part of the community. Cause that's a, that's a great community too. Yeah, Absolutely. Those guys are very helpful. It was actually Josh that uh, helped me figure out the technique that helped me actually uh, bend my first red nail. Oh, awesome. Yeah, he uh, he was watching me try to bend some just 5 sixteenths steel from the hardware store. Um, and I was just bending down with my elbows and wasn't doing it right. And as soon as he corrected me and just told me the, the right narrative, and that's what it really takes, I was able to just smash through it. It's pretty. It was pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have to reach out to some of those guys after because I think I'm just brute forcing it. I think you'll watch the YouTube videos and stuff like that and try and get a good idea. But um, unless someone's really kind of correcting you, it's it's a bit of a shot in the dark, at least for me. I think I'm doing it right. But, um, I'm not, I don't know. So, so um, yeah, some of the good uh, potato lifters have actually been uh, benders like Clay Edgen and uh, Derek Graybill. Yeah. So, um, have you actually gotten your hands on one of the potatoes yet? 
I have not. I haven't tried them yet. I'm really curious to try them out. Yeah, they're pretty brutal. So, yeah, you'll see they have this little, uh, this is the whole ledge you get right here. It's just that. That's it. <laughs> that much. So, it's all you get. And then on this side, your thumb wraps around and it goes against this real flat part here. So, it's like oh, okay. a pinch with your thumb and this fingertip lift with your fingers. It's pretty much unlike any other lift in the grip world, really. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty brutal lift. Yeah. Yeah, I was so. going to say, uh, I've seen people do, like, pull-ups on them, and I didn't know how hard it was. And, yeah, a pull-up on that would be tough. <laughs> yeah, very tough. Uh, some people have done some weighted pull-ups on them, and there's been a couple people doing one-handed pull-up. Uh, Tanner Merkel did a one-handed pull-up at 225 pounds body weight. <laughs> so, yeah. Very strong dudes out there in the grip world, for sure. It's a lot of fun to watch them. So, um, do you have any questions for us or any other advice you want to throw out there before I let you go? I don't know. What are your goals? Um, what's kind of coach Pedro's goals in the next uh, year and a bit here? Uh, my biggest goal is to check off the Match Monster Zero. I've been chasing that for a long time. I've closed the number three from a Match Monster set once. Um, I posted the video. It's on my Instagram. Um, and I think I'm more powerful, I believe, now than I was when I did that. So I want to be a little more overpowered for it and uh, just really crush it, make sure it's absolutely clear, get it out of the way, because I've chased that for way too long. Honestly, um, I've had grippers in my life for over 20 years, I believe. Yeah, over 20 years I've had grippers like in backpacks or playing with them or whatever. Um, I did them a lot in college. Um, I'm 38 now, so that tells you that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I played with them quite a bit in college. Um you know, it was just mainly my gym. I just had a bunch of grippers in my backpack. I worked up to the point of doing a 2.5 in like four or five years. When I first started with grippers, I came from a background that really was not strength at all. I was more um, like athletic, like martial arts style, um, body weight, calisthenic type strength, nothing like real power. Um, didn't have the kind of like weight or explosiveness or power to really get behind things. My tendons were also not very strong, just never conditioned them too much. So um I don't know. I could close a trainer when I first started and I closed a one pretty shortly after I actually had bought a one before a trainer. So I didn't have the trainer at first. I eventually got the trainer, um, closed the trainer, then worked towards closing the one. And then slowly, once I could close the one, it wasn't too long before I closed the one and a half and the two. I think that only took about a year or so. Um, but going from the two to the 2.5 took me like two or three years. Uh, it's a big jump. And I was also like focused on school and whatever. But uh, yeah, going from the 2.5 to the 3, man, that's been a monstrous one. And uh, a lot of people struggle between that gap in that area, 2.5 to the 3, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. The 3 is... Yeah, I have no what intention. Think... What's that? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you were saying the 3 is what? I was just saying this, the 3 is tough. It's... It's yeah, it's really kind of like the make or break. I find you know, usually people who start the sport or have a gripper, you got really strong hand. Like yeah, maybe you can close like a two and a half if you're really strong. Credit card close it, but I don't think there's many people out there who can just pick up a three and close it. Like it's it's kind of the make or break. Yeah, it's exceedingly rare to see anybody close it. Just pick it up and do it. I've, I've seen very strong people that have won that are giant dudes too. I've seen some like six foot seven 
300 and some pound monsters that win strength contests all the time, strongmen that can't close a three and they kind of struggle with the two and a half. And I've seen some very strong dudes, you know, do that. And um, so the three is definitely specialized training. You know, absolutely. It takes a little bit, a little bit more to get to that for sure. But once I check that off, I don't have any plans on like running up the mosh, the match monster ladder, or I don't even plan on going for the credit card. Cause just I have a very short hand here. Like, honestly, a very short pinky, like little tiny suckers. <laughs> so my hand is just not, it just doesn't really do that well in the credit card position. But, you know, I mean, honestly, the first time that I got into grippers and first time I wanted to close the three, when I first got them, there was no mash monster. It was the old school way that Iron Man was doing it, which was you could take it down to a parallel. So the mash monster really became my goal once Iron Man changed it to the credit card, honestly. But yeah, once I check that off, it's back to the other grip stuff and having a lot of fun and just doing more intuitive training and and uh, playing with a lot of different implements. I heard you guys are running a contest this summer. We're running several contests this summer. Yeah, we're doing Super Series. Um, and we're also going to be hosting King Kong in October. Um, and then we run the Golden Potato Championship. Uh, each year, which features a, a Rolling Thunder contest, which has been traditional in the Northwest for over 20 years. I think it'll be the 22nd anniversary of it. Um, it was originally uh, ran by Todd Beecraft and Ode Haugen up here. So that's pretty cool. Um, so we keep that tradition running, and that that was always a contest where they did it a rising bar. So our lifts are rising bar. And we feature the four main lifts from arm lifting. So it'll be Rolling Thunder the uh, Saxon, the Axle, and the uh, Silver Bullet. And then for a bonus, we throw in the Golden Potato. This is a great event. Yeah, I've been looking more into, like, oh, ever since I started traveling, I'm like, oh, I got to travel some more, but I see contests in the States all the time. And now that I'm on Instagram or connected, I see these contests. And I was like, oh, I got to come try these out to see the Boston and just meet the people. Uh, you love to meet everyone else in the community. Yeah, for sure. We uh, we got a chance to travel down to Texas and work out with Adam Glass and those guys. That was a lot of fun. Um, that was probably our biggest trip we made so far, but we'd love to get to some more contests, meet more of the big names in grip and the guys that have hosted contests for several years. You learn so much watching them host a contest. Uh, it was really cool. It was a really nice event. So, all right, man. Um, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, I've had a lot of fun listening to your grip journey and look forward to watching where you go from here. You got some good numbers, especially at the 90 kilo class. You're going to be, uh, you know, forced to be reckoned with for sure. Good luck on getting to 400 pounds on the axle. That's uh, it's a lofty goal, but man, when you get there, you're in elite territory. So yeah, I think, thank uh, you. Thank you very much. Yeah. 365. You're, you know, you're, you're getting there, man. It's a pretty good lift for sure. So um yeah, we'll be, we'll be watching you on Instagram and we'll be watching what you do. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us and you have a good night, man. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. It was awesome.